Hi, welcome to the Storyteller Series Nigeria, a podcast dedicated to sharing true stories of the Nigerian experience. This is episode 7 and it's called Back in the Day. My name is Funala and I'm your host for today. This episode features stories from our last live show, which held on June 30, 2018 at the Cube Cafe in Abuja. The three stories in this episode are based around the theme, Back in the Day, which was the theme of our last live show. To find out more about the series, please visit thestorytellerng.org. We're also on all social media as at abjstoryteller. Please subscribe, like, or rate this podcast. It's time Nigerian stories got a boost. Don't forget that you can find us anywhere you like to get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. Our first storyteller is Dan Uchubaye. Dan is a writer, poet, and blogger based in Abuja. He blogs at danochubaye.com. That's D-A-N-O-C-H-U-B-A-I-Y-E.com. Hey, guys. Hi. The most amazing thing has happened to me. This happens when I was six, about six. I was raised Baptist. My dad is a sort of person that is the head nigger in charge. When he comes home, he runs. Later, if he remembers he has kids and he asks for you, then you come out. I'm not quite sure where I learned this Georgie Poji kind of thing. And so I was playing mommy and daddy with the girl next door. Shut up. Unfortunately, you know when the devil is around, he's around. The older sister comes in and then catches us. And then took me home. Just across, I told my mother. My mom is like the anchor of this program. She's brief and properly summarized. I love you. She beat, she beat me. It was like a Jane Fonda workout. This woman went to work on me. Ten minutes later, into torturing me, this woman now opened her mouth and said, I'm going to tell daddy when he comes back. Cuckoo came in. And he was left now, was left. Maybe we can laugh about it now, but I saw my dad beat up his younger brothers. My dad has jumped over me downstairs from a duplex and landed on his younger brother that was escaping. <laughs> My dad had that sort of lift strength. He was tensile. He would pick you up with one hand and then spank you with two fingers. He was a chairman. Do you understand? You don't understand. Shade, he came home. And then my mom called. You know, you know these African moms. She was telling him, I'm punctuating the thing with slap. Knock. You will not send me out of my matrimonial room. How this thing did join me? <laughs> and you know, largely, my dad is no chilled. He was just looking till my mom just said, Where I kissed the girl. My dad just locked eyes with me as I'm looking at this brother. <laughs> Do you understand that there is that moment, guys, back me up on this, when you look at somebody and you know. <laughs> my dad's face was like this wall here, no expression, but his eyes, man to boy. I saw something in the man's eye. I died. 
But because I knew he was going to mess me up if I kept on dying, I looked into his, into his eyes. Then I saw something else. Pride. Pride. And I was like, you now. <laughs> this guy has just given me tacit approval. Yeah, he went through the rectory, told my mom, I said, I'll deal with him, he's finished, everything, everything. Nothing ever happened. <laughs> the moral of this story <laughs> is that you should not be a sophisticated rhetorician inebriated by the excellence of the university. <laughs>
You know, I'm a naturally curious person. I do a lot of things out of curiosity. You know, so I opened the door and then went to the corridor and closed it and I and now looked and and come that way, wait, wait, wait. And when I looked, I'm like, okay, so <clears throat> so the only people waiting inside go fish outside the And I turned the knob and the door was locked. And I was on the corridor of Presidential Hotel. In a pink swimsuit. Only me. In Portaco River State. Where the average girl is a wrong girl. Oh my goodness. And I grew up in Portaco. My parents still live in Portaco. But I knew nothing could ever bring them to that corridor. But then again, you never know. You know? So I walked down the corridor to the. You know, this hotel staff that man each floor. So I went to him and said, I have a problem with the door. I can't, I need to go in. So he's like, I'm sorry, madam. If the reception know that you, you left your key inside, you have to pay. Pay. Bros does not know that I'm on the corridor. So who's going to talk to him about paying what? So he now said, okay, that room. You can go and meet that man in that room. Let him use his intercom because he's not allowed by company policy to call on behalf of guests. <sighs> In my pink swimsuit. So I walked to the the room, two doors down our room. There was a maintenance guy walking on the intercom. So I now told the man that, please, I have a problem. My key is inside and I just happen to be outside. Can I use your intercom? He said, well, this man is working on you, so just have patience. The guy finished and the two men were looking at me like, huh, this guess, this guess. This one can't even wait. She has, she's passing the corridor on the other you know. So when the guy finished, he went away. And then this guy began to act like a man. You know what I mean? So I now told him, Oga, please, this is not what I came here for. Just help me. Help me Oga upstairs. In my mind, I was like, bros cannot come upstairs and see me here in this thing from how? How? What's the explanation? There's no explanation. So the guy now, I think Jesus now entered his head. So he now used the intercom call. They brought the key and then I went back into the room. Exactly two minutes after I closed the door, Bros came. Say, oh, how are you? How are you? I hope I'm having fun. How are you doing? Other anything? I said, I'm not hungry. I was just waiting for you. I'm not hungry. I was just waiting for you. How did your meeting go? So you're like, fine, okay, let's go downstairs now. Let's go downstairs and have dinner. <laughs> I said, no, I just want to spend time with you. I'm not <laughs> From that Friday evening till Monday morning I left, I did not believe that room. <laughs> Bros was feeling like, ah, this girl must be feeling me so much, you know. Ah, ah, she doesn't even want, he did not understand. Our next story is from Samuel Yakura. Samuel Yakura is an Abuja-based performance poet. He can be found on Instagram at Samuel Yakura. That's at Samuel, Y-A-K-U-R-A. That's all one word. All right, I'll see you. Sammy, I'm loving your energy. 
Okay, so um, this is a story um, from from my childhood, my childhood, sometime back in um, GS2. How many of you guys know Christ the King College, Godwanada, CKC? Okay, so I went to CKC. Um, so there was this um, experience I had back then, which sort of became a very um, memorable experience for me in some way. And you guys would, would understand when I'm done. So. In Jestu, um, CKC is an all-boys school, no girls, so my social life was sort of imbalanced. Um, yeah, yeah, you can sympathize with me. So um, it 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 so happens that we do have uh, we do enjoy brunch at school sometime uh, sometime between eleven and twelve, just before lunch. And then we, we enjoy, you know, snacks like um, yogurt, um, meat pie, you know, and all of those awesome Ajebo foods that we have. So, um, it, was, it was always something we looked forward to, you know, everybody really looked forward to enjoying some yogurt, frozen yogurt and, you know, meat pie, cakes, donuts and, and all of that. So, um, one evening, you know, I sat down with some of my friends. Oh, sorry, some of my friends sat down with me. And, <laughs> okay, and um, we're discussing and we're like, hi, guys, this, I, this yogurt that they are giving us, you know, in the afternoons or just before lunch is not enough. We wanted to have some more, you know. We just had one portion and it wasn't enough. You know, you, how many of us are cold stone fans here? Do you ever get enough of it? You never really do. It's your pocket that tells you you have enough of it, you know. So, and we're like, if we can get more yogurt, why don't we just, you know, get more yogurt, you know? And so, a friend of mine who decided to be the um, the leader of this what we eventually called the Italian Job. How many of you guys have seen the movie, The Italian Job? Jason Statham, Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron. Okay, so this was our little, you know. Um, a little Italian job, it was a little heist back then in school. So we sat down and we started to discuss and chart a plan as to how we were going to raid the brother's house. Because that was where the frozen yogurt and you know the meat pies and all of that were kept. And we're like, we're going to steal some yogurt. This was in Jesu. And um, my heart started to race. I was like, um, I've never done this before. I'm a very good boy. I don't jump fence. I don't go to buy bread and sardine outside school and all of those kind of things. So I was just sitting down in the midst of all of that. I was like, um, you know how you don't want to seem like the weakling? So you don't want to be like, guys, you shouldn't do this, you know, but I was already caught in their midst. So they were like, um, so let's do this, you know. We need like eight guys. We need the right time. Okay, and then somebody suggested, okay, let's do it during sports time. You know sports time, everybody's in the field. And then the bookworms are in class, so the um, quarters, the brothers' quarters would be quite empty, and those washing would be around the laundry, so it would be the perfect time, you know. So they were sitting down, they were discussing all of these plans, and Olavi ah, now turned and looked at me. I was like, Sam, you're not contributing. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. Whatever you guys say, I'm down. Just, just tell me what role I need to play, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll join you guys. And they're like, okay. So at the end of planning the whole heist, they decided that I would be the one inside the brother's house to carry out 
the yogurt from the fridge. Which means I'll be closest to being caught if anything were to go wrong. And I'm not a good athlete, but I refuse to tell them why, because I didn't want to seem like the weakling. So we organized, I mean, we planned everything. We knew when the security guys had their shifts. So we knew that between 5.55 and 6 o'clock, we had like a five minute, you know, between when the, uh, the security guys would make their shifts and all of that. So we planned within that five minutes. That was when we were going to do all that we wanted to do. And we were a go. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's 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 do let's do that. I, I said my rosary before that evening, you know, just just so that you know things won't go wrong. And um, so that evening we pos we positioned our, ourselves. We had the the, um, the bell ring for sports, and everybody was positioned. You know, I was on my check, you know, and my shorts and all of that. And then um, 5:55 exactly. We, we began our heist, and then we positioned ourselves. I was right in the brother's house, the coast was clear, the security guards, everything was just going according to plan, you know? I opened the fridge, I was taking out the frozen yogurt, and in my mind I was like, I'm actually doing this, I'm actually, I mean the Tom Cruise syndrome started to kick in. I was like, yes, we can do this. I got the yogurt out, I passed it, it was just a bag, you know? I got one bag out, I passed it to the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy, you know? And it seemed like everything was going on perfectly, and then they were about to leave, so I closed the fridge, and we're about going out, and the last person's voice I wanted to hear was Baba Ali, who was the security guard. And he just shouted, and I was like, hey, you there, stop. And I just turned and I saw the security guy with his gun. And the only thing that came to my mind was Sam head straight for the hostel, you know, and I took to my heels and I was running. Unfortunately, he was very close to me, and like I said earlier, I'm a very bad athlete. So in my mind, I was running. You guys have watched Tom and Jerry now, and you see how Tom is running, and his mind is speeding, but he's still in the same spot. And I was running. And then Babali just caught my shirt. And then because I was really scared, so I just took off my shirt. Unfortunately for me, my name was written on my shirt, SPY. So I took it off and I just kept running and I kept running. I got to my host, I passed the laundry, got to my hostel, entered my, changed into my pajamas. I couldn't believe how fast I did that. Changed into my pajamas, entered my blanket, I slept. 11 p.m., the head boy entered the hostel with Baba Ali. That who is the owner of this check, SPY? <laughs> My heart sunk. I said, I'm in trouble. I'm dead. Okay, I'll soon be done. And then um, the next thing, they came, took off my blankets, they carried me, and, and then, um, and of course, unfortunately, all the junior students in the hostel gave me up. They just wanted to They're like, SPY, um, Senior, Senior Sam, Senior Sam, Senior Sam. You know, and they dragged me and took me to the brothers, um, to the brothers' house. You know, and they were like, um, "I should, I should, I should confess." You know what happened? Because they knew this couldn't be pulled off by just one person. And the principal knew that I wasn't that kind of person, so he asked that you know I tell them, you know who and who. And so I had to give up the names of everybody. <laughs> you guys should wait to the end of my story now. I gave up all their names and they called them. Unfortunately, because I gave up their names, they decided that I would be the one that coined everything up. And that's what they told the father, that I was the one, I was a gang leader and everything. 
And um, to cut, to cut, to cut. This is not the reputation I plan to have. <laughs> and then um, we got punished, of course, you know. And then afterwards, the principal called me back and said that he knew that, you know, I wouldn't do such a thing on my own. But then I have to be careful, uh, you know, with the kind of people I hang around and stuff like that. And since then, I haven't stolen a Byron, I promise. I've been a good boy ever since. Have an amazing evening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Storyteller Series Nigeria. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. For more information on the series and to check dates for our next live event, please follow us at ABJ Storyteller, that's one word, on Instagram, Twitter, and like our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at thestorytellerng.org. If you would like to tell a story at our next live event or submit a story to the podcast, please email info at thestorytellerng.org. Have a great day.